Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Live Talk. I'm your host, the Duke Lamastra. Really pumped that you're here to check out this conversation. Uh, if it blesses you, challenges you, or adds any kind of value to your life, if you consider subscribing, sharing, or leaving a review, I would really appreciate it. And uh, I'm excited to welcome back my lovely wife, Denise, to the show today, who is currently extremely pregnant at the in the last stages and uh, it's been a little while since um, Denise and I had a conversation on the podcast so I thought it'd be a good idea to have her back on today so yeah how you doing how you feeling hello I feel very pregnant <laughs> um, we're at the last the end of oh she's moving so she's kicking moving. you yeah we're at 36 weeks so once we hit two more weeks and then anytime any minute anytime she can just show up so yeah i'm excited but i do feel like i've gone to the place where i'm like i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready to have her in my arms mm. i'm excited i know the boys are excited i feel like it'll be more realistic once she's here because just i will come and she'll touch my belly and she'll feel her he'll feel her move and then it'll be like give me that little squinty cute face and be like it feels weird yeah <laughs> But he likes it, like he, he does. Like Elijah is very different. I mean, Elijah's 11 years old. So maybe that's why he's like a little more distant in it. But he'll, you know, I'll grab his hand and put it on my belly and he'll leave it there, you know. But then if he feels Sophia move, then he's like, he just makes this face and like pauses, like, uh. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to the transition. I mean, we've never had three kids. I do have a couple friends who have three kids and they say, you know, like, well, one of my friends, her kids are like kind of on the older spectrum, like ours when they, when they had their third. So, you know, she said that it was, it was a nice transition because the kids are older. They're a little more helpful. It's different than when they're closer in age. You know, because I mean, we've been trying. We've doing. We've been doing this thing where we talk to them every once in a while when we can, or when we feel that it's necessary, and remind them like, "Hey, listen, when the baby gets here, you know, I still want you to know that you're important. Right. That you know, we might seem like the first few weeks or the first couple months that she's gonna get more attention, more care, but it doesn't mean that." you don't matter or that that we don't care about you or we don't love you anymore like yeah. <laughs> it's a it's just a baby it's gonna need more attention you know and I, I think I think we did a pretty good job when we had the boys at like uh, when Josiah <laughs> you know came into the picture that we spent time with Elijah by himself taking him out to do things and and invest in him and make him feel like you have a, a little brother, but you're not all of a sudden forgotten. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, the day that Josiah was born and Elijah was, what was he, like three at the time or something he was like, like that? Four. Or four? No, no, no. He was, yeah, he must have been four, right? He was four. Yeah, so I remember, I remember that day and your parents were here and your mom was, uh, you know, a few hours in, however long it was, but, you know, your parents were here and they were helping us with everything. They were at the hospital with us and, I remember your mom was like, she came up to me and she was like, why don't you 
you know, get out of here for, for a little while, go pick up Elijah and take him out to lunch and just talk to him, you know, just talk to him about what's going on and that he's got a new brother and just kind of mark the day with him, celebrate with him and yeah. just kind of make him feel special around this special thing that's happening in our family, but make him yeah. feel part of it and not yeah. left out. And uh, I thought that was really, really cool advice. And I was super hungry, so I was like, yeah, it sounds great. So, <laughs> I went, <laughs> so I went ahead and grabbed him and we went out. And I, I think that was a cool, I don't know if he would remember that or not, he was yeah. four, but, but at the time it felt like a cool bonding experience with me and him. And I think that that's important. We, we were talking a minute ago before we got started here about how we didn't know what we were going to talk about. And <laughs> I just as you were talking, I just wanted I just had a question pop into my head. I feel like we always start these podcasts with an idea of what we're going to talk about. And then I feel like we always end up talking about parenting. <laughs> it just kind of happens. <laughs> uh, maybe but, because we're parents. Oh, but I'm if I could just ask you a really simple and basic it. question, and maybe it's not as simple as it sounds in my head as far as you know how you're going to answer it, but what's your favorite thing about being a mom? So motherhood to me has two sides. On one side, I look at it from like all the the satisfaction that you get from pouring into the life of this child. And on the other side, I look at the responsibility and the honor that I have to take care of these lives. And I don't know why I'm <laughs> like getting teary about it. And I think, I mean, I, I don't think Oh, women think the same way that I do, you know, so it's not a one-size-fits-all. But for me personally, I was never, like, crazy about kids until it was, like, our turn to have children or until we, we talked about kids and family and stuff like that. And I wasn't crazy about kids, not because, like, I didn't, you know, have good role models when it came to parents and stuff like that. Like, my parents sure. are great. Like, I love my parents, and I know I was a difficult child. <laughs> <laughs> because I was very independent and I challenged my parents a lot. And in a lot of ways, like, I made the mistake by assumptions in my mind and lies and things where I would short change. Is that how you say it? Short change my parents into parenting me. You know, where, like, I would kind of try to cut corners because I wanted to be an easy child. And in doing that, I feel like, there were times where I didn't allow my parents to parent me the way they wanted to. So anyway, now when it was time and we started talking about having kids, like I wasn't scared, but I was cautious about it. And I remember like opening my heart to God and, and kind of asking God, you know, like, God, I if there's any, any time where I need you, this is it. Like, I need you to prepare me. I need to, and I've always had this thing with God when I feel like there's a season changing in my life, I become very aware and very conscious that I need to be prepared. And I know that God knows that and I don't need to ask him for it, but I do find myself aware and wanting to acknowledge that uh, and come to him even in that you know aspect to say, prepare my heart. Like, I know you have already equipped me. I know that you have placed things in me that I don't even see yet, that I don't quite understand. I have this knowing that I have this guarantee in you that for whatever thing 
my life has to go through whatever change, whatever change of season what, that you got me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like when I place myself in that uh, moment of recognition or acknowledgement before God, I feel like it helps me position my mind in the right way. Like it changes the position of my heart and it just works. You know, I don't know if anybody, anybody else has done that or if you've ever done that yourself. So, so when it came to motherhood, I felt that way too. I remember even a few months before Elijah was born, we were in Mexico and people at the church, friends and, and different people just that we were in touch with, you know, would ask me questions like, oh, can you imagine what he looks like? Or like, can you, can you picture yourself doing this and doing that? Yeah, I, I'm excited, you know? Yeah. But in my mind... I wasn't quite there yet. He was in my belly, but I didn't see a clear picture of what he would look like. I didn't know if it was going to look more like you or more like me. And I was never like big on babysitting babysitting kids either. So it, it just like that stage of babies, it was like a whole new experience to me. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing was, was my heart being conscious that I've never been in this position. I've never had to nurture somebody that small. I've never had to take care of that person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I was very welcoming to it, but I, I was like up to the challenge. I was like, this is going to be challenging in some way, somehow. And I'm very, very grateful for my parents' wisdom throughout that season while we were in Mexico. And I, we were blessed to have them close by. Um, when it was our first child because I never felt like there was a standard that I had to meet up. I never felt like my mom had this expectations of what I should look like or be like as a mother. And I think that that was such a gift from God because I do feel like there's, there's, there's definitely stress, a lot of stress. I mean, you're already stressed out. Your body's going through so much. You're stressed about you know, the ins and outs of how life is changing and everything. And then you sometimes are faced with these expectations that without intention, whether society or family or friends put on you that, oh, you you got this, you're going to know it all. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, And I never felt like my mom treated me that way. When I would talk to her about something that I was concerned, or even my dad, like I remember (laughs) when we came back home from the clinic or the hospital and we had to give Elijah his first first bath. Like, I was really nervous. Like, I was like, I've never done this. I I don't know what to do. And how how my dad was like so willing to like step Mm -hmm. in and just say, hey guys, don't worry about it here. And he showed us how to do it. He helped us a couple times and he showed us the ropes. And I'm grateful for that because I feel like that helped me, and I don't know about you, but it helped me to ease into parenthood in a way that I didn't have to meet up a certain expectation. Like I could ask questions and learn as I go from uh, the support system that we had and that it was okay for us to make parenthood our own thing. Yeah, I never had any experience with babies (laughs) or anything prior to my own I was kind of the same way like I never really 
cared much for other people's kids. Like, like I, don't, I never... <laughs> and that sounds kind of mean, I but it's not mean. I just it's didn't just, have yeah. that. And I didn't grow up with any younger siblings or yeah. anything like that. I had my, my nieces that I grew up with, but they were close to my age. They were only a couple years younger than me. And so I just, I never had that where I was changing diapers or doing any kind of babysitting with kids that were little and stuff like yeah. that. I just never had that. And yeah, there were definitely things. It, it's funny when you, when we think back to how cautious and careful we were with Elijah compared yeah. to how we were with Josiah. Right. And now on this third one, it's, uh, if she wasn't a girl, if it was another boy, like I just, I probably wouldn't, I'd probably have this attitude like, yeah, well, whatever. It'll be all right. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Because she's a girl, I'm, yeah. I'm, I know I'm going to be very protective and, and yeah. cautious and stuff like that, at least at the beginning. But Yeah, someone, someone uh, a few weeks ago before I, I went into maternity leave, customer at the store where I work, uh, made this comment to me. And I never really thought about it, but I guess it kind of makes sense. You know, she was saying, like, she had two boys and then she had two girls. And she said, the first girl, I felt, she felt like it was like a brand new baby because she she had boys before boys and girls are different they're babies but they're different like there's just there's just a difference and i think that it's just that's just the way god made it you know so I've, when she said that i was like you know what like you just put into words kind of like how i feel like i feel like this is gonna be a different adventure i love my boys and they're they're great and i'm i guess to answer your question if i didn't answer it before like the most satisfying thing or the most beautiful thing that I love about being their mom is the ability that I have been given by God to speak into their lives and to lead them and point them, not just to Him, but to their destiny. That's something that I feel very, very strongly and passionate about. And I love, you know, making memories with them and, and making them laugh definitely the hardest thing about parenthood and i think everybody could agree with us it's discipline you know nobody really likes to be the bad guy and discipline in yeah. your children i remember when i was a kid thinking <laughs> that my not thinking that my parents liked to discipline us yeah. but just thinking of discipline as this thing I, I never i never looked at discipline as a kid as something that my parents didn't want to do you know what i yeah. mean like it always just felt like like, like oh, you're no, always I did doing something it. wrong. I know my parents are going to get me and whatever. And my parents were amazing. They weren't by any means abusive or anything like that. But we'd get spankings or we'd get grounded or we'd right. get whatever. And now as a parent, I hate that part. Like, yeah. I, I, I didn't realize how agonizing it could be. Yeah. And, you know, because we always, we try. We, we haven't been perfect, but we try not to just be reactive yeah. and to just immediately react and lose our cool when they mess up when they do something wrong or whatever but to try to take our time and be level-headed and figure out okay how do we want to deal with this how do we want to punish how do we want to discipline and all of that but it's it's not fun I don't like it at all I hate that look on their face when you know they know they're in trouble like I, I don't I don't like any of it but obviously it's necessary for their growth and so that they can learn it's just a part of life you know messing yeah. up and, and even with that that's something that that we try to reinforce in our kids that, that I've noticed is they'll get called out because they did something wrong and even just reinforcing 
it in them like look this doesn't mean that you're a bad kid like yeah. this is just part of life Every, everybody needs to learn and, and be disciplined yeah. and it's just a part of it doesn't doesn't mean that we love you any less and actually we're doing this like we don't enjoy doing this but yeah. we're doing this because we love you and because we we want you to grow we want you to learn and I think that that's uh an important thing anyway I interrupted you I think no yeah I think discipline can cause so much uh reef between riff or like a separation like a gap yeah um and I think that the enemy tries to use that against parents a lot and against children in general so I think that um I always think about that in terms of holy spirit lead me I mean there's been times where I've had to apologize to my kids mm -hmm. for responding too abruptly to something or oh, yeah. not watching times. my response, you know, and, and, and being like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you know, and I hate when I say that phrase because it's like I recognize when I say it, I'm reacting instead of thinking through mm -hmm. what's happening, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that. if you have a phrase or something that comes to your mind that you can see, like, oh, when that happens, I know I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm not being calm, cool, and collected, because I don't want my kids to be afraid of my discipline. I want them, and this might sound weird to some people, but I want them to learn to appreciate and love my discipline, because I'm thinking in terms of, I'm a reflection of God to my children. I'm a reflection of the relationship with the father. So I want to reflect correctly something that will draw them closer to the father. Mm -hmm. It's been on my heart from the very first day, like when I held them in my arms, you know, I was like, God, let them know you through me. And the thing that I heard clearly from God was like, okay, so we have to make sure that you reflect my character yeah not your flaws and not even your character because my character can be flawed but his character so i try to be conscious and aware of the way you approach me is the way that unintentionally you're going to approach approach the father mm -hmm. so i want you to not fear me and dread my correction right but i want you to understand it so to the point that even if it's uncomfortable, you can welcome it in your life. Yeah, that's kind of a scary thing for me sometimes is like, I know that probably more than anything, uh, children in general develop their concept of who the father is based on what they get from dad and mom or from their immediate father figure, authority. mother figure, yeah. authority structure. And I, I think about that a lot. And yeah. so <laughs> I struggle in my mind. I have struggled with this in my mind because I, I think about, okay, how do I relate to my kids the way that the father relates to me? Yeah. And it doesn't always Pen totally out. work yeah. though because <laughs> I, I think about it and I think about how gracious God is with yeah. me and how he... he in his love, he will discipline, he will correct, he will do that. He'll, he'll show me the areas of my life that I'm, where I need to improve, where I've done something wrong. I, I remember so many times, like so many times that I can point to throughout the course of our marriage where I would do something, I would, I would react in a certain way and I would just kind of snap at you or I would say something and, 
whatever. And just so quickly, as soon as I got by myself, I would just hear God just be like, really? <laughs> like, you, you know you were wrong there, right? right? And he would just show me what it was and show me it for what it was, you know, because yeah. in my mind, maybe in the moment I justified it or exactly. something like that. But he's so good and he's so kind in the way that he disciplines. And I don't know, I don't always know how to make that play out where I can get my point across to these kids that what they did was wrong and that it cannot happen again. But at the same time with this loving heart, I don't know how yeah. to really reconcile those things totally, but but it, it is it is a really interesting thing that I, I think that even in the midst of discipline, um, I think it was when I had James Dodsweight on a little while back and he was just saying he, he has this practice that, and his kids are a little bit older, think that he's got some teenagers and stuff, but he was talking about how even when there's discipline happening, he'll look at his kids, even as they're in trouble, and he'll look at them and he'll just be like, I love you. Mm -hmm. and, and just reminding them, just kind of reinforcing that. And so whatever that looks like to each individual person, it, it's gonna look differently across the board. But in the discipline process, I think just finding ways to bring that across that that your love is still there, that they're yeah. still secure and, mm -hmm. and they still have that foundation in your love because I think that so often we get screwed up in our mindset when it comes to the way that we relate to God the Father yeah. and we can think that he's mad at us, that he's yeah, disappointed, that exactly. he's frustrated, that he loves us less because we messed up and, I, and that's just something that I think that we can kind of set our kids up for success in the way that we teach them about God and, and part of that is demonstrating, you know, our love for them and helping them feel secure in that. Yeah. I remember I was definitely more strict with Elijah, which is our first, mm -hmm. about certain things than I am with Josiah. Also, I mean, there's a, there's a four-year difference between them. So they're in different stages. They, under, they have a different understanding of things, which that's the reason why it changes. But at the same time, I remember that there were times where, like I said, I would react or I would do something that was harsh. And I remember God giving me this phrase, I don't want you to discipline with your fist, mm -hmm. but I want you to discipline him with your hand extended open to him, mm -hmm. creating this bridge. So that, that was a very opening to some extent like difficult conversation that I had to had with God you know like what do you mean by that God like what do you mean that I'm you know disciplining with my fist the understanding you weren't literally punching them right yeah well, let me clarify <laughs> that clarify I was that. not hurting him with my <laughs> fist it was just I guess the position of my heart or the position of my words or the intent of my words was as if of that of a violent punch or you know that hardship of a punch god was like prompting me to recognize don't do anything don't say anything that could potentially turn his heart away from you because there were times where i could feel like not that he didn't love me or that he didn't care for his mom but where i could feel like maybe there was there was something that got in the way mm -hmm. you know what i mean when God began to, you know, shed light to me about that, I was like, okay, I need to change this. This is important. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't want this. I don't yeah. want this in his heart. I don't want this in my heart. And I don't, I don't want any of it to 
deter our relationship. I want our relationship to grow strong. I want our relationship to grow. And, and I mean, parenthood evolves. It changes. You know, it's not the same to parent uh, a little child who's still, you know, learning good from bad and, and establishing their foundation years, you know, than to now. Like, he's 11 now. Mm-hmm. And I can see how my parenting style has to change from, you know, I need to have a more open communication about certain things. I need to be able to answer questions when he asks questions, you know. I need to be able to address certain things that are important for him to understand, even if he doesn't seem like he needs that. Because in the end of the day, I, I, my job is to nurture him mm-hmm. and to to help him grow. And it's not just growing in terms of like, oh, let me feed you, let me bathe you, let me give you you know, a home, a roof, and whatever you need. But it's, I have to nurture his character. I have to help bring out of him that which God has deposited inside of him. Yeah. And and even sometimes call him out to, to the standard of what, what God wants, you know, because your kids are influenced constantly by everything. You know, the people that they're around, you know, they go to school for eight hours. They're influenced by the people that they're around in school. And the TV, uh, video games, different things. And, and some of those things can so easily and so unaware try to establish belief systems or, mm. you know, like mental- a certain type of mentality in your children that if that's not lining up with the kingdom, right, you have to know how to address it so that you don't turn them away from the kingdom, but that you can help them elevate their thinking mm-hmm. and recognize, okay, I see what mom and dad don't want me to do this. Because children can so easily compare what's happening in their household with what they hear or sure. or they talk with their friends. That sometimes that there's this lie that the enemy puts in their mind of, oh man, I wish I had so-and-so's parents because yeah. they do this. Or right. they, and it and is this, this mentality of the grass is greener over there. And just knowing how to navigate that and that culture of, what's happening right now because I mean um, I think we've talked about this I don't know but the apprehension for a lot of young couples these days I feel a lot of young believers is that when it's time for them to have a family it's the condition of the world and to say I don't know if I want to bring children into this world because right I don't know if I, I want to bring kids into this world because I see this, you know, injustice or I see the depravity or all these things. And one of the things that I think when we were talking about children, for us personally, like I recognize and I remember God saying, because at first, you know, that's when I wasn't ready to have kids, that was my thinking. That was, you know, me to some extent to say like, this is hard. The world is hard. The, gro- the world is cruel. How much worse is going to be when it's their time to be adults or their time to be young young people? You know what I mean? And it's as if I, I want to protect them. But then the other side was God saying, no, I need you to bring four children. I need you to bring a generation that can be an answer mm-hmm. to those things. Exactly. I need you to bring, you're bringing them because I have a plan for them to be of influence for my kingdom. I need I need you to bring them because otherwise, where is the hope going to come from? Where is the 
refreshment, you know, like just just even that thought. And uh, mm-hmm. if I mean, if you're a young young couple or a young person, think you know, listening to this, I think that's something that you need to be aware of. That that you and I are the answer, believers. We are the answer to a lot of the problems that are happening in society. So if we shrink in terms of multiplication, then where where is that answer coming from? Right. And um, and I have this really strong belief. When two people get together and they get married, if they only have one child, to me, that's not multiplication. And that, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why? Because then all of a sudden two became just one. So how is that multiplication? Multiplication happens when two become more, more than two. Mm-hmm. You have two kids, then you're, you're evening it out. You're not, not quite multi- multiplying, but you're not diminishing either. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, <laughs> multiplication has to take place. I know place. this argument very well. <laughs> <laughs> multiplication has to take I was place. Pretty, I was pretty content. I was pretty comfortable <laughs> when we had two. <laughs> and then I threw you a, uh, a, a curveball. Well, no, but it, it became this thing. I mean, we had originally discussed having more kids. Right. And then we had two, and we had two for a while. So, because our, our kids right now are 11 and 7. So we've had two kids for a long time. Yeah. And uh, I guess a couple of years ago when we started talking about, okay, are we going to have another child? Like, what are we going to do here? And I was kind of in this battle in my mind for a little while, as you very well know. But I was in this battle for a while because I was like, on the one hand, I do want us to have more kids. But at the same time, our kids are already getting older mm-hmm. and like all these different things. And the financial right. situation, and like it's kind of somewhat comfortable right now. Like we feel like we've got a handle on this, and it was all that. And then God just uh, showed me something through. I was having a conversation with somebody, and I just—it's interesting when you're having a conversation with somebody, and you hear yourself say the thing that you've been—you know—you've been battling with something in your mind. Mm-hmm. Or unsure of something and then you actually articulate the answer exactly. out of your own mouth and it's the way that God speaks to you and it was just sort of in this moment I was talking to somebody and I'd been kind of having this inner battle and then I was talking to somebody honestly I didn't even know this person this person was a I was uber driving at the time and this person <laughs> was a passenger in my car and we were just talking it's funny how God will use random circumstances like that but we were just talking and in the conversation I said to this stranger I was like, you know what, as I, as I think about it though, when I think about the future and when I'm older and I look back and I've got kids and they're grown and they're having grandkids and I'm seeing family kind of expand, I'm, I don't want to get to that point and be somewhat disappointed that we didn't do more, that we didn't have more kids. In, in other words, if you if you are if you want one kid or two kids or however many kids and then you want to stop that's fine there's zero right. judgment there what i'm saying is i didn't want to make that decision based on finite things in my yeah. present like what about the finances exactly and so it became this thing in my mind of you know what if god is leading me to this point if, if he's prompting us to do this then this is just another opportunity for another adventure with jesus you were talking yeah. about that adventure with the lord before and just kind of trusting God. And so I got to the point in my mind where I was like, you know what, God, I'm ready for a new adventure. So let's go for it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's, 
I think that's that's one of the cornerstones of trusting God and acknowledging God in your life. You can't try to plan your life, and I'm using the word purposely, try to plan your life without having a view or without looking at the master plan, which is God's will for your life. So I know when we got married, when we talked about, you know, family or different things, we each individually asked the Lord, like, show us a picture of what it looks like. When I think about our family picture in the future, this is what I see. So that's, you know, that's what this whole thing of multiply came in. Just God really put that in my heart to say, if you just keep two, you're evening out. You're not really multiplying. And I didn't call you to even now. I called you to multiply. And with that, that comfort of knowing, okay, because I said, you know, I was like, okay, I'm good with multiplying, but I need the resources to multiply. Mm-hmm. Because that is one, I mean, children are expensive. They're not cheap. <laughs> it's, not, it's not cheap to have them. It's not cheap to take care of them. But I'm grateful my parents didn't just, decide what was comfortable and stay there yeah and i i love seeing friends that have bigger families and and i mean i only have one more sibling i have have an older brother and i love my brother to death and i love how many memories i had with him and everything but you know in my in my heart there was always this desire for i wish i had another sibling like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Uh, and i always saw like i said like friends who had more than one sibling like the the family interaction and just just all of that. So I always had that little piece in my heart saying like, God, I would like to have a a family that has that, right. you know, that has that interaction. That that shoe seems to fit the mm-hmm. lifestyle and the life that you've called me to have. Right. So that's why I want it. I'm not wanting it out of right. a disappointment sure. or I'm trying to, to change something. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. No, it was, it's more of that's when I see that, that lines up with what I sense the Lord mm-hmm. has for us in our lives. So, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to say be critical of people that only have that have less kids, because I mean, if that's what God showed you and that's what your assignment is, then that's great. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was about probably what like two years that we were going back and forth between praying and talking. And there were times where, I mean, I can tell you, like, I quit or I would give up in my mind. You know, I would be like, okay, God, I just feel like I keep on running into the door. Like, <laughs> I keep running into the door or the wall. And it wasn't that you were intending to do that, you know what I mean? But it was just like there was no no movement. It was just like, are we talking about it? But but what? But what? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And <laughs> so. Oh, I'm very aware. So. <laughs> Now, I don't make it sound like, like I was pushy or whatever. Like you forced me into this? No, no I did not force you not. into this. Um, but it was knowing, it just like, just, just learning to, to be sensitive to the Lord and He's leading. So if anybody's listening to us and, you know, you and your spouse are trying to figure it out by the time and all that, you know, let me give you my two cents on it and say, don't force it. There's not one size fits all for it. It's, it's an issue that you have to bring before the Lord and you have to work through through it together, mm-hmm. you know. And then sometimes that work is individual, you yeah. know, whether God working in your heart 
to lead you to the right decision if there's any reservations that are out of fear yeah or out of what i remember like your biggest concern was my health uh, after josiah like three years later i had this hernia that showed up you know an umbilical hernia and it was affecting my health to some extent mm -hmm. and i had to have a repair and after you know talking to the doctor and stuff there was this this conversation that you know that is something that could be dangerous in a future pregnancy so i know right off the bat my health was a priority to you and my response to that was like god's got me in his hand if he's gonna you know bring me uh, or command you know if he's gonna give me a child he's got it he mm -hmm. can take care of that that should not be an issue but in reality i mean it's, it was a factor and it is a factor mm -hmm. but like i said i we both had to allow god to speak to us about the things that we were reserved about i was reserved even though i wanted it in the sense that i was like if we have another boy like i'm gonna be happy but part of me is gonna be disappointed but at the same time i was gonna be okay because ultimately god knows better than i do mm -hmm. i trust that blindly sometimes making decisions can be difficult as a couple when you try to be always on the same page that's that's sometimes impossible mm -hmm. and it's not because it's not possible per se but it will be impossible if you're approaching it just from your perspective you need you need both perspectives but you need god mm -hmm. to bring it into alignment to your family purpose and your assignment and something that you've brought up a few different times already is just this idea of that it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. And I think that as spouses and as parents and as families, we can fall into this trap of comparison mm -hmm. and comparing ourselves to other people. And even this thing of, well, this is how I was raised or this is how I grew up. This is the culture of my family and so this is what we're going to do. But when you get married, I mean, it's two cultures coming together yeah. and you're learning how to do things. And I know that there could be a lot of self-judgment sometimes where you look at other people and you're like, oh, well, maybe we're not doing this right. And of course, there's areas to improve on and there's yeah. something real about looking at other, other couples, other parents that you trust or that you respect and you see the way that they're doing it. And you're like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe we should do it that way. That resonates with me or whatever. But ultimately, there's different parenting styles and there's different ways to raise your kids. And it's not that one is right or one is better than the other. You have to figure out what works for you and in the context of your family, in mm -hmm. the context of your personalities and the way that you're raising your kids and really based on the leading of the Lord and how he's leading you to do it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we can be too either religious minded or just comparing ourselves to other people and we can uh, just think that we're really messing up because we're not doing it a certain kind of way. I, I heard a, a discussion on another podcast uh, recently just kind of dealing with the subject of medication, for example. Mm -hmm. And there's people that tell you if you put your kids on this medication, then you don't really love them because you shouldn't be doing that. And then there's other people mm -hmm. will tell you, well, if you don't put your kids on this medication, then you're not doing the right thing. And they're, you know, and so it's like different schools of thought and different things. And 
the couple that was having this conversation, they got to the point, they, 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 they had some back and forth and some things and their opinions, just all these different kinds of things swirling around. And eventually just got to the point, you know what, like we can take advice from other people. We can take advice from different sides. But at the end of the day, we have to see what God is saying for us. Exactly. And sometimes what happens and what works in one season shifts in another season. Yeah, exactly. And so sometimes like there's something real about reevaluating things. And, you know, and it's like, you know what, we've done it like this. We've parented like this. We've disciplined on this. We've been strong on this. We've been loose on this or whatever. But, you know, I think we need to either tighten up the screws or loosen up the reins or whatever right. it is. And it's just important that as husbands and wives and as parents that we, we're growing together and that yeah. we have that communication. And again, seasons shift, but there's, there's not this one size fits all thing. Yeah. Just anybody out there that might be, you know, judging themselves or yeah. letting other people look down on them because you don't homeschool your kids and, right. you know, whatever, whatever it might be. But it's you got to do what works for you yeah. and for your family. And again, there is some trial and error involved in that. And you might find, well, we've been doing this for a while, but we just realized like it's not really working that well. Yeah, exactly. And so you course correct. But yeah. but again, it's the culture of your home and is important and you build that over time. Yeah, and I think it's important what you mentioned about like, don't go just for like, well, this is the way I was raised. Because I think that that sometimes could be so easily like a cop out to say, I'm not willing to listen to your side and I'm not willing to compromise. And I know that the word compromise for marriage and even parenting could be, could be scary. You know what I mean? Because it makes you feel or think that the connotation is like I'm relinquishing something. I'm I'm giving up on something that uh, you know I believe strongly, so that we can have peace at a, in in the home. Mm-hmm. But really, it's not. To compromise is just it's it's to come into agreement. It is going to pre- bring peace, and it should bring some sort of uh, harmony mm-hmm. in the home. But Compromise cannot take place if your position or the position of your heart is that you got outed mm-hmm. by the other person. Yeah. So then the, re- the reality is that you haven't actually worked it out. You haven't actually uh, compromised. You just took a step back, but you didn't really actually did all the work for that. I know my parents had reservations with us having another child. You know, their reservations had to do with like, natural things and things that are very logical you know like finances and where we are what we're doing my mom was concerned about my health too and everything so it's important to listen when you ask advice of people that you love or care for or even your spouse like you can listen to what they have to Mm -hmm. say but at the end of the day you have to be obedient to what God is saying but as a spouse or as a husband, God is not never going to speak to you and not speak to you to the other. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's so important for us to know. As a parent, he's not going to speak to me only and not speak to my child too. I trust that my child hears God. Mm-hmm. I, I trust that I, I'm, I'm installing and I'm putting a foundation in his life where he can recognize the prompting of the Holy Spirit in his heart. So then when things are where there's disagreement or where there seems to be a struggle of something that I can, you know, take my hands up and say, God, you speak in this issue because we obviously are not 
in agreement. There's no agreement at this moment. So we need somebody to bring the agreement. We need somebody to speak. So whether it's that you need to speak to me, what you've been speaking to them, or do you need to speak to them what you've been speaking to me? And trust God that in that process, ultimately his will is going to be established. Mm-hmm. There's been times where like, I have a reason why I'm disciplining Elijah or I'm seeing something that he's not looking at. He's not seeing it. You know, and I can try to articulate it and say it with my own words, but he has to see it for himself too in order for him to understand why mom is saying this. Mm-hmm. Because at least at this stage, or he, you know, he's 11, he's turning into a, a twin. He's going to be a teenager at some point, close. I don't want his obedience to be out of obligation. Mm-hmm. I want his obedience to be out of love and respect and understanding. Like, mm-hmm. I believe that as he's maturing, that he can make that shift to, of obedience yeah. to where it's not, I am a child, and because I don't really know yet, mom and dad know better than me, so I'm going to obey. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, there has been times where, like, he'll, he'll get upset about being upset for mom saying something or dad saying something, but then he'll come around and he'll he'll apologize, you know, or he'll say like, oh, um, I didn't see it that way. Like, I'm sorry. And we can move on, get past yeah. it and, and grow together, you know, as that. So it's different. I can't parent Josiah like that at this point because right. right. he's seven and he's not there yet. And even I have to tell him because there's times where he's, he'll see me parent or discipline Elijah in a certain way and he'll be like, well, why? Why did you do it that way, you know? <laughs> or Elijah will see me be more leaning towards Josiah about something, but not with him. Mm-hmm. And he'll be like, well, he just got away with murder. Like, no, he didn't. He's at a different place. Yeah. I can't expect the same level of responsibility or maturity or accountability from him at seven years old yeah. than at you at 11. That's just not realistic. It's interesting, too, to see the way that Josiah takes his cues from his older brother right and how like we could give him an instruction but then if his brother (laughs) if his brother tells him something else it's like what his older brother said almost like supersedes yeah sometimes what we've said and uh and and in in his mind he's honestly I don't probably not intentionally being rebellious or trying to be disobedient it's just oh well my brother said that I could do this now, so it must be okay. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing. So it's a totally different dynamic. It's teaching Elijah how to be an older brother and uh, teaching Josiah how to be a, a child brother. and yeah. a younger brother in some sense, you know. And in, in a sense, it's good. In a sense, it's good that there's that camaraderie there. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. In a sense, it's, it's good that there's that friendship there and there's that sort of trust that develops between them. It's just a matter of kind of like taking the, it's it's raw sometimes because they're kids, yeah. you know, they don't know how to uh, interact with all their, all the stuff that happens in life. And so it's just kind of taking them through. I was thinking earlier as we started this conversation how parenting is really like the ultimate form of discipleship because mm-hmm. you spend so much time with your kids, you're teaching them how to be people, yeah. you're teaching them how to be humans and to interact with other humans. And you're also teaching them, uh, hopefully, how to 
grow in the Lord and how to develop a relationship with God. You talked about how, you know, you believe that your kids can hear God's voice and things like that and just kind of setting them up for success in in that area and helping them just be aware of what's possible and and who God is and all that kind of stuff. And it really is, I think, the ultimate <laughs> form of discipleship. That's why I I love people. I'm I'm so just grateful for people that adopt other kids and that foster kids and stuff like that Mm -hmm. because I'm like you know you bringing a child into your home into your family situation and just loving on them and giving them that place even if it's hard even if you know because that kind of stuff can be so difficult and and so challenging and but just the, the willingness to do that it moves my heart so much and I'm so grateful for those people that that make those sacrifices and that have that that heart and that willingness to do that because that's the ultimate form of I think showing somebody who God is it's bringing them into your home bringing them into your life bringing them into your family letting them see you and interact with you and uh, so I think as as parents we have such a tremendous responsibility Mm -hmm. and if we if we look at it we can look at it as something that's burdensome we can look at it as something that's difficult and of course it is difficult and it is challenging but at the same time I think what we've been going back and forth between is just this idea of adventure you know this adventure with the Lord and ultimately he he gives us what we need he gives us the strength that we need to do what we need to do to discipline to make the decisions to communicate effectively and all that kind of stuff. And so yeah. it's just trying to keep up with God and stay in step with the Holy Spirit and, and what He's doing and how He's leading us. Yeah. And I try not to see parenting as something burdensome because yeah. at the end of the day, I feel like God wouldn't have called me to be a parent if He hadn't qualified me. And the truth is, He already qualified me. I just, there are times where I just, I'm still in the process of learning how to be the parent that he wants mm-hmm. me to be for my children. I'm, I'm not I'm not perfect in any way about it, you know? So I have to remember to allow God's grace and God's direction to lead me in that area. Everything in my life is a spiritual thing. Everything mm-hmm. in my life has, no matter how practical it is, is spiritual. So I need the Holy Spirit to lead me. I can live my life without the awareness of the Holy Spirit in all areas of my life. Mm-hmm. And that same awareness that I have, I want to demonstrate that to them so that they can live practically what the Word of God says, not religiously. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want them to be acquainted with the, the things of church. I want them to be acquainted with God. Yeah. And at the same time, I want to create this expectation in them. There will be a time where when you're, it will be your responsibility to parent someone. Yeah. It will be your responsibility to care for someone, to walk somebody through something. But until you get to that place, let's learn how to follow. Yeah. It's again, it's like, I don't want you to follow me blindly because that's not what I want. I want you to learn to follow direction because, you know, you brought up this whole thing about discipleship. Mm-hmm. Because that's, that's discipleship. It's not just blindly following Jesus for the sake of following Jesus. It's I'm learning to follow your steps because as I follow you, I learn that this is good for me. 
I learned that, you know, I, I have a relationship with, with Jesus. I have a relationship with the Father. I trust your leading. So that's why I follow. But like you say, um, with time and the seasons as they change, you, how did you say it? You correct the course. You know, you mm -hmm. correct like where you go in and how does it look like for us in this season? What is the, the normal now? And it's unfortunately when we allowed the normal to cause us to be so overwhelmed, you know, in the sense of like, yeah. We, we don't transition correctly or we we grieve while we had before instead of having an expectation of what is to come. Right. And that's that's such a trap from the enemy. Like, sure. you know, and I think that I, I see so many families falling into that. Oh, the changes took us by surprise and we don't want, we don't know how to deal with the change. So we're just trying to survive. Like we're just trying to keep our head above the water so we don't drown. When if we would make that, cor that correction of the course, then we could actually begin to draw from the grace that God has for us and understand like, oh, this, this is what we're supposed to be now. Let's look at this new, new season and this new adventure. It's exciting. And I think, I think the Father gets excited with us when we, when we pass from a season to another in our walk with him. We're moving forward, we're moving forward to, to the closer reality of all that he has for us. Yeah, it's really good. Well, <laughs> what do you say we wrap this up? Sure. Uh, thanks for coming on. Oh no, Appreciate thanks you. for having always, me. Always enjoy <laughs> our times together. Yes. And uh, let's see, I would encourage everybody to Check out Denise Lamastra's book, The Intimacy of Worship. It's available oh, at yeah. Amazon.com. It's now available in Spanish as well. Yes. La Intimidad de la Adoración. Yes. Uh, both of those available on Amazon. And I know you're working on some stuff now. You're going to have some, um, some some more books and resources coming <laughs> this out. This year, yes. Later this year. So I'm excited, I'm excited about all that. I haven't mentioned this in a long time on this podcast, but for more resources, you can visit uh, also my website, simplepowermedia.com. Mm -hmm. And on there, that website is really dedicated to resources, providing resources to help you experience more God's presence and power in your personal life. And so you can check that out. Um, Denise's book is on that website as well, along with a couple of books that I've written that are up on that website. And so you can check all that stuff out. Uh, but appreciate you guys. Hope you uh, got something out of this. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you did, I just want to remind you again, you can subscribe like you could. You really could. Yes. I'd appreciate it. It'd be amazing. You'd be my best friend. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you could leave a review, if you're listening right. to this on Apple Podcasts, they allow you to write a review. That would be amazing. Uh, I think Spotify allows you to do a star rating now and stuff like that. So even if you didn't like it, that'd be fine too. Uh, just tell, tell us your thoughts so we can improve yeah. and get better. But if you have any questions or comments or anything like that, I'd love to hear from you. Contact me on one of the social media platforms or whatever. And anyway, do appreciate you guys. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. See you next time.